Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then I was sent home. <laughs> and then on the Thursday afternoon, he stopped moving. Oh, my God. So we went into the hospital because he obviously stopped moving to get it checked out. And it turns out his heartbeat was all fine and everything. I was just extremely dehydrated and hungry and I was at the hospital and I was just crying. I had a student midwife and she was incredible. She was there while I was crying and I was just scared. This was my first baby and I didn't know any different and I was crying to her and she went and spoke to the head of the ward, I guess, and somehow they magically found a bed for me. (laughs) So they said, go home, have a big meal because you are hungry um, and come back at eight o'clock. So I went back at eight o'clock and I was allowed to finish the induction and had the baby. So Ezra was born at five o'clock in the morning on the Friday after they started the labor on Monday at eight o'clock in the morning. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me, I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you, what makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story, what happened to them, how they got through 
and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey, beautiful souls. Sharina is talking about finding her voice in the world. It's something that so many of us can relate to and Sharina is certainly shining her light and showing others the way. Please join me for this part two of Sharina's story. You have two little boys now. One of them's very young, only yeah. what, four months old? Five months old Five now, months old. yeah. Oh my gosh, you're looking amazing. I'm looking at you going, wow, I don't think I looked that together when my kids were that young. I know that mental health is something that's important to you. How will you be talking to them about mental health as they grow up? Very openly. I've thought about this quite a bit since my youngest was born, mostly, you know, how much I wanted to share my story, like how in depth I wanted to go. After the relationship, that relationship I was speaking about, I've been through quite a few other things like car crashes that caused lifelong back injuries. I lost a home in a storm. One of my births was a five-day birth, so that was very traumatic. Um, So I've been through quite a few things. So since my first was born, I've kind of thought, how much do I want to share? Because I don't want to share, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to share so much that it scares them. But since I started thinking about it, I've decided and kind of I already do talk about things, but my plan is just to speak very openly about what I've been through and what mental health is and what it could be. And I just plan to tell them everything that I went through so that they know that it's okay to ask for help and that they will know the signs as to when maybe they need to ask for help, but also if their friends might be struggling, they can be that little glimmer of hope that I had for my friend when I was younger. Even now, my eldest is three years old, Ezra, and I express to him my feelings. If I'm sad, I do not hide. I don't go close the door. I will cry in front of him. <laughs> and at the time, he, he looks very worried. He's three and he's wondering why mummy's crying. But I let myself cry because it's normal. We all cry. And I'll cry in front of him. And then when I'm feeling better, I sit down with him and I just say, you know, mummy was just feeling a little bit sad today. Or if I'm angry, I say I'm feeling a little bit frustrated. And then I just reassure him that I'm feeling better and it's okay to feel those feelings, whatever. I just make it really clear to him that he can be sad and that's okay. He's allowed to cry. He's allowed to feel whatever feelings he has and to really just normalize everything because that's the biggest thing right now in our society, these things aren't normalized. And I just want him to know, both my kids, to know that no matter what they feel, that's okay. And they can ask for help. And yeah, that's just the biggest thing. So I plan to tell them everything. I'll answer any questions they have. And I'm proud of that. You know, I'm not scared to have those conversations. Yeah, I think it's so important. And the fact that you're going to be doing that from such a young age. And I think it's a beautiful change, you know, in the world to be able to speak to our kids about mental health, because I suppose generations gone by mental health was such a stigma and, you know, 
such a shame, I suppose, if there was somebody suffering with mental health in the family, it was like a secret. So I think we're really changing that now, aren't we, for our own kids and just explain to them that's part of life, you know. Absolutely. And just knowing that you can reach out, you know, asking for help, it's such a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the more we normalise it as well, the more everybody's going to benefit from it. So I'll normalise it with my kids, but then my kids will learn that that's okay. So if they all see another child in, actually Ezra already does this, he goes to daycare and we had a little meeting with the daycare teacher recently and she said that there was another child feeling very sad and my three-year-old went over and just spoke to the other little boy and said, what's wrong? Are you okay? Can I do anything? My three-year-old is trying to comfort another three-year-old because he's it's normal. Like he knows that it's normal and that it just means that somebody's just feeling a bit sad and maybe they need some help. When I cry in front of him, he gives me a hug and he says, are you okay? It's okay. Daddy will be home soon and he can help or because I get frustrated with my five-month-old. So if I'm frustrated, he'll openly say, it's okay. Daddy can come help soon. And my three-year-old's making me feel better. Which is, I think if we, the sooner we can start it in our kids' lives, the more normal it's going to be for them. And there's nothing to be ashamed about being sad or angry or any emotion. Like it's okay to feel anything. And as adults, we can sit here and say that. But somewhere along the line, that all gets twisted when we're teaching our kids things and it shouldn't. Mm, I love that. And what a beautiful little empathetic, gorgeous little soul that Ezra is so lovely can I just take a step back about that five-day labor yeah you say how does how does that happen so that's a long time yes it was very long (laughs) it was very painful so I like I said I was in a car crash too so that caused a back injury that was about five years five and a half years ago now and with my pregnancy with Ezra towards the end of the pregnancy I could barely walk because my back pain was so bad so I was actually booked in to be induced so I went in on the Monday and they started the induction process and induced me so I was in labor having contractions and then I got sent home because they didn't have a bed for me and they said you can come back tomorrow call us in the morning so I went home and was feeling, I got sent home with some Panadine for it, which did not help when I was having contractions. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I called, there was still no bed. And they said, call again tomorrow. So I called on Wednesday and there was still no bed. They said to call again on Thursday. So I called on Thursday morning and there was still no bed. And they said, call again tomorrow. So now I'm, this is my fourth day that I've been in labor with contractions. Oh, and I should backtrack on the Monday night. I stayed in the hospital that night and they sent me home on the Tuesday morning. But that night they checked how dilated I was and I was seven and a half centimeters dilated. And she said that his head was, she literally just put in half a finger and she could feel his head was was there ready. And then I was sent home. (laughs) And then on the Thursday afternoon, he stopped moving. Oh my God. So we went into the hospital because he obviously stopped moving to get it checked out. And it turns out his heartbeat was all fine and everything. I was just extremely dehydrated and hungry, which now I can look back on it and it makes sense because I don't even really remember eating or drinking during that time because I was in so much pain. So they 
pretty much just said like you just need to eat something and have plenty of water and call again tomorrow and I was at the hospital and I was just crying because I just wanted this baby out of me I thought nobody was going to let me have this baby but they they put me into labor so they sent me I had a student midwife and she was incredible she um was there while I was crying and I was just scared I this was my first baby and I didn't know any different and I was crying to her and she went and spoke to the head of the ward I guess and somehow they magically found a bed for me <laughs> so that no, they said go home have a big meal because you are hungry um, and come back at eight o'clock so I went back at eight o'clock and I was allowed to finish the induction and had the baby so Ezra was born at five o'clock in the morning on the Friday after they started the labor on Monday at eight o'clock in the morning but towards the end of the labor he actually had to be we had to do a vacuum delivery and I had an episiotomy because his heart rate dropped during labor and I wasn't able to push him out quick enough so they had to get him out but yeah so it was very traumatic experience very painful experience but yeah wow that is crazy and I don't think I've heard of people being sent home like that that yeah. many times that seems ridiculous yeah now that I look like now that I'm ref- I've been able to reflect on it it was definitely not normal and people I've spoken to that work at the hospital are shocked that it even happened but I guess at that time like it was my first baby I had yeah. no voice I didn't realize that it was that abnormal I just I followed the professional advice and just stayed at home and suffered at home but yeah so when I went in for I had to be induced with my second baby Wyatt as well and I went in and I said to the actually said to the lady just so you know this is what happened last time so as soon as you start this process I'm not leaving the hospital unless my baby's in my arms and then she started the process at eight o'clock in the morning and I actually went into labor naturally myself during the day so (laughs) he came naturally himself so I didn't even have to be induced properly with him but yeah Wow, that's crazy. And I love that in between your first and second baby, you found your voice enough to say that. And I think, you know, and I remember that as well. The first baby is so confusing. You've got no idea. You know, you've read the books, you've gone to some classes, Mm -hmm. but you really are relying on other people to to get you through because it's something you don't know anything about, you know. So if you haven't got the right people around you, and then the second time, it's like, okay, I know I know a lot more now, but the fact that you've walked in and, and said, I'm not leaving till I'm with my baby, I love that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. But, but were you left a bit traumatised after that birth? I was. I actually really struggled to bond with Ezra. You know, I loved him, of course, but through all those experiences that I've been through, you know, each of them puts me back into that dark place I was in, 10 years ago when I was in that relationship some days are bad some you know some of them I get over in a couple weeks and some a couple months but with Ezra's birth and becoming a mum it took me about a year to become a human being again I wasn't just a mum anymore so I really struggled and I think a big part of that was because of that labor because my first experience of being a mum was nobody listening to me and listening to what I needed so yeah that really it was really hard and then me and Ezra struggled to we struggled with everything he he didn't sleep I wasn't able to breastfeed probably like there was there was 
just issue after issue with him. And I think that it all stemmed from the mindset that I created and the beliefs I had that started from that birth. Yeah, absolutely. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And I think it happens to so many women. I was reading about a birth the other day where this woman had this most amazing birth doula, you know, the, the women mm-hmm. who come and, and just work with you through the whole process. And she was talking about how amazing that was and, and just how bonded and, and all of those things you become. And, and I just thought, but that should be what every woman has. You know, yeah. you just hear horror story after horror story about how hard it is for women to have a baby. And I think we've lost that magical, beautiful, just, just that ancient birthing ritual that we, we are meant to have. We're meant to be surrounded by other women. We're meant to you know, give birth in a beautiful way. And these days it's so clinical. There's so, so much can go wrong and there's so much trauma that comes out of that. It's something I think we need to really look at and try and change back to some of those old ways, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Even when I was in labour with Wyatt, like I said, they started the induction. So they, they pretty much made my cervix ready to give birth. Um, that was the first step. That's the only step I got through with Wyatt. And then I went into labor myself naturally. But as I was in labor, I was laying in the bed and I was screaming from contractions. And the midwife, it went on for a couple hours. And the midwife just kept saying, Carl wasn't there because by this point it was night and he had been sent home. And the midwife just said, oh, they're just normal cramps from the procedure we did earlier. And she just kept saying, it's just normal. Are you sure like you're in that much pain? And I'm like, I'm screaming. I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> Can I have anything, any painkillers? Cause I'm really struggling. And she'd say, no, you just had endo and I can't give you anything else. Why don't you have a shower? So I went into the shower and I was sat in the little chair and I was just holding the handheld shower head on my stomach because I was having contractions and I was screaming. I heard a little knock on the door. And at this point, it's been probably about four hours. She knocks on the door and she says, is it your back that's hurting or your stomach? And I said, it's my stomach. I, this isn't right. This isn't just normal. I think I might be in labor. And she said, oh, okay, let's, let's get you dressed and we'll go have a look. Anyway, she had a look and I was almost eight centimetres dilated. I'd been in labour for four hours and she said, oh, it's probably time to call your partner. 
<laughs> so Carl, I call Carl, he comes in with an hour to spare. So he was there for the last hour of the labor. So thankfully he was there for the birth, but my mum was supposed to be a support person too. And she walked in as I was crowning. But through that whole process, I'm not really that scarred from that. I don't think I kind of look back and just think that one midwife just did not listen to me, obviously. But that whole experience was just, again, they're not listening to the woman that knows her body. And that meant that my mum nearly missed the labor, nearly missed the birth of her grandson. But also I wasn't able to have any pain relief like I wanted. So I had to have fully natural and I wanted to have an epidural because of my back injury. So I missed out on the birth that I wanted because they weren't listening to me again. So yeah, it's just the whole system and how it's just all too clinical. They just don't listen to the women. They just listen to themselves. Yeah. I think it's criminal, actually, the way that you were treated. Did you say you didn't get the pain medication that you no, needed? No, I wasn't able to have any pain relief because I was too far into the labour. There wasn't enough time to give me anything. But if they'd listened to me three hours earlier, I would have been able to have something. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Oh, that's a lot to go through. And it's so important, isn't it, that we have a voice and we speak and especially as women that we have a voice in the world and how are you going to be teaching your boys to have a voice? I think it just kind of starts with just talking about it, you know, teaching them that, you know, it doesn't have to be difficult. We don't need to make a big conversation where we sit down with our kids at the dining table all as a family and make it one big conversation. Just bring it into your everyday life. Incorporate general conversation around it. You know, something we do at dinner each night is say to Ezra, why it's obviously only five months old, but we say to Ezra, how was school today? And he usually blows it off good. That's what he says, just good. But then if we say, oh, are you finding anything a bit hard to deal with? Is there anything you're struggling with? If we ask more specific questions like that, you're, you're opening that conversation up because there's no yes or no answer. It's like they sit there and they actually think, do you know what? That little boy took my toy today and that made me sad, you know, because that's Ezra's age problems. So I think if we just incorporate it into our everyday life, don't make it such a big deal. You know, just let your kids see you doing things too. Ezra watches me do my journaling and he watches me meditate and do my yoga and things like that. And I've explained to him, I do those things because it makes mommy feel really good. It makes mommy feel happy and calm and it helps me be a better mummy. And I say that to Ezra. And now if he gets out of bed early and he sees me doing my journaling, he goes and gets his journal and sits next to me and he does journaling. You know, it's just little scribbles on a page, but he's adding those things into his life because that's what kids do. Kids will copy you. So if you just set the example, they'll copy you. So just bring it into your everyday life. That's probably my biggest advice. Yeah, and I think it's so true, isn't it? Because just by showing them, I mean, and that's the interesting part is a lot of people are doing one thing and telling their kids a different thing, but by actually living the way that you know you want them to live their life you're really yeah. teaching them so much and so looking back you've been through some pretty dark times but how bright do you feel your future is now 
I'm really excited about my life. You know, I still have days where they're hard. I don't want people listening to think that my life is now just all magic and unicorns and things like that because there's still days where I struggle there's still days that I'm in a bad mood and I cry and all that sort of thing but overall I'm really happy with how far I've come and there's always work to do I think everybody can benefit from things like counseling and self-development work and even things like listening to these podcasts you know we all have work that we can do on ourselves so I think if we all just kind of focus on that and just focus on each day just being 5% better than we were the day before with anything, then I think we're all on the right track. Absolutely. So you're on Instagram sharing your beautiful wisdom around healing. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us uh, where we can find you and what are you actually offering at the moment? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at Mindful Soul Collective and on my website, which is just mindfulsoulcollective.com. I've got some digital products like ebooks, little workbooks and templates like journaling templates and things like that. But I also offer one-on-one counseling sessions too. So there's just general one-off sessions where you can just book as you need. I actually also offer a daily session, which is really helpful for people that are a bit nervous to do face-to-face work because it can all be via email or Voxer, which is like a voice app. So that's, I know that when I first started my counselling, which was about 15 years ago now, I was really nervous to go and talk to somebody and let them see my face and all those sorts of things. So I think that might be a really good first step if somebody's feeling really nervous because there's no face-to-face interaction. It's all by email or like voice voice apps. So that's another really good option. Or I do have a self-discovery session grouping, I guess, which is like six sessions where we kind of would work together to go through your values and your limiting beliefs and see where you want to go with your life. So it just depends on what kind of support you need. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I love the idea of the Voxer because I think it is quite confronting for some people to reach out and and just and even just getting on a Zoom call or whatever. You know, I think I remember when I first did Zoom calls when it was I suppose when the pandemic started, it all came in as something that we did regularly and it was so awkward and weird. Yeah. Um, I'm so used to it now, but I think for a lot of people, it would be it would be strange to do that. So just being able to communicate and connect with somebody in a different way, I think that's a really great idea, actually. Yeah, especially for people like there's a lot of adults that still don't talk about how they're feeling and that sort of thing, especially men. A lot of men are still very conscious and keep that sort of thing to themselves. So that's another really good option so that they don't need to be looking me in the eyes and talking directly at me. They're just sending an email with how they're feeling. So that's a really good option for anybody who's just nervous or anxious about it. It's a good first step. You can have a couple sessions like that and it's an eight hour session. So it's a full day. I think it's up for about $250, but through that day, you know, as soon as you write back, I'll be sitting there waiting and I'll write back to you too. So yeah, it's a really good, good option. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, Sharina, thank you so much for sharing your story and you have been in, in such a dark place, but I love how you've turned that around and you've got these two beautiful boys and they are lucky to have you as their mum because you're already thinking about it you're already 
putting all these beautiful things into place. And thank you so much for connecting with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you are ready to manifest and create the life you really want for yourself, please go to dawnchitty.com. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.